Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. This is the UNC football Don Callahan recruiting podcast. As always, I'm Ross Martin joined by Don. What's going on, man? I am great. It was good uh, seeing you last night, and although that the circumstances were unfortunate, but uh, good to see you and everybody else inside Carolina celebrating uh, JB Sissel's life. So, um, yes. so yes, it was a good. A lot of people spoke, and it was a very, uh, I guess, a, a good celebration of JB's life. And um, then right after that, had a rush home to to do the basketball commitment before gr- giving you some cookies from. That's right. um, from the restaurant there. And I got in trouble. I got in trouble for asking for more cookies for my wife. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. It was good to see everybody there. And um, yeah, definitely not the best circumstances, but I think it was a special ceremony for JB, who was meant a lot to Inside Carolina. I don't know him that well, but of course he was there before it even was Inside Carolina, I believe. Yes, absolutely. But uh, so what do we have today? What's on our menu for yeah. today? Let's get right into it. This is the football recruiting podcast. We're going to uh, we're going to skip a f- top five for next week because we didn't even think of one. We might not even do a podcast next week because it is a bye week, um, and we don't have a radio show, so we don't need a segment there. But we're going to talk about Keandre Lambert, the UNC target, and what's going on with his recruitment. There's some news there. Then we're going to get into Trenton Simpson and Muhammad Kamba. Kaba to is it Kaba? Kaba. Yep. Kaba. Two big-time linebackers in-state, and, and there's some news there and some developments. I think that's going to be very intriguing for listeners and UNC fans. We're going to get, talk a little bit about the video board situation at the Clemson game. There was some trolling with a new segment that, I guess, UNC did, and I guess Clemson fans complained and emailed UNC Athletic Director Bubba Cunningham, and he apologized. It was it was kind of a crazy deal yesterday on the internet with, with that situation. And then we're going to actually dive into a little bit a different conversation uh, about this new law that California just passed about players, college athletes and players profiting off their likeness. Um, what else? Likeness and their name and anything and be able to make money from what they do in college. Is that the best way to say it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the, well, do- the, the NI, NIL. Name, image, likeness. No, the name of the bill is the the That's Fair right. Fair Pay to Play Act by California. Yeah. SB two oh six. Okay. Name, image, and likeness. Yeah, I'm reading it here. So we both did a lot of research on that. So we're gonna talk on that. Talk about that. I think that will create some good discussion. How it relates to recruiting, how it relates to college football. So maybe not UNC centric, but broader NCAA stuff. Let's get right into it. Um, and talk about Keandre Lambert. Don, there was some news with him. Can you kind of tell us what's going on with his recruitment? I know it was down to Virginia Tech, UNC, and Penn State. What is new with the four-star wide receiver from Virginia? Well, there's not a whole lot that's new. It's just, I guess, um, important right now because we're a few days away from his announcement, which is set for Friday at a pep rally that's uh, a homecoming pep rally before his high school football game on Friday. I guess if you had to throw out what's new is, is I guess, um, there is no news that the fact that he did not officially visit Virginia Tech this past weekend, which is significant because 
it's it's hard to kind of envision him ending up at Virginia Tech without taking an official visit. And from my understanding, there were several weekends where he had scheduled an official visit with Virginia Tech and canceled at the last moment or no-showed or whatever it may be. That can't be a good sign for uh, Virginia Tech, especially when he did take official visits to Penn State in North Carolina. So you got to think that those three schools um, are probably the, the um, I guess, the final three and that the decision is going to come from those. From what we're hearing is that Penn State, if you were going to put, I guess, your money on one of the schools, Penn State would probably be be the school to do that. A lot of buzz about Penn State. They've been recruiting them really hard, as has North Carolina. But we also have been told by multiple sources that Keandre has not informed anyone what he's going to do. Um, I know for a fact that North Carolina, as of as of Monday, North Carolina was unaware of his decision, felt fairly confident, but but definitely are hearing some of the uh, the whispers out there about the possibility that Penn State might be the victor in this. Yeah, and if you look at his 24-7 sports profile, I think all the crystal balls are trending towards Penn State. Not that we put a lot of stock in that, but it, it can be telling especially with guys that cover Penn State recruiting and, and, and national guys. But so it looks like Penn State will find out what is that Friday, Friday, Friday. Um, I, yeah, Friday. I believe the the um, pep rally begins at noon, but he's not supposed to actually announce until um, towards the end of that, which is like one one thirty ish. We'll have more details um, uh, later on in the week and we'll post them on Inside Carolina because even though we um, expect him to pick Penn State, or, or even though we feel like he's going to pick Penn State right now, uh, and obviously that's subject to change, change in an hour, that that information, um, we're still going to monitor it because it's not a, uh, we don't have definitive information saying that he's definitely going to pick Penn State, if that makes sense. Gotcha, good stuff. Uh, so not, not too much UNC stuff there, so we're going to actually jump into two players that maybe have a little more excitement for UNC fans. And that is Trenton Simpson and Muhammad Kaba. There are two linebackers, and in reading your scoop that you posted yesterday on Inside Carolina, there's some news there, some developments, especially with Muhammad Kaba, who has been committed to South Carolina for a couple months now. Let's start with Trenton Simpson. He made a visit to UNC over the weekend. Break down what happened there, and, and right now where this recruitment stands. Of course, he is committed. A four, he's a five-star by 24/7 Sports. Uh, committed to Auburn, a big-time elite linebacker. What's going on there with Simpson and UNC? Yeah, I think first we got to mention the fact that for the majority of his recruitment, North Carolina was his leader, and he kind of he took an official visit to Auburn, and everything just switched. You know, the the rug basically was pulled from under UNC, where he just completely went silent, wasn't talking to anybody. Set up his uh, birthday as his announcement, canceled all official visits, including what he had planned on taking official to North Carolina. And it was pretty obvious just kind of looking at what happened that he was going to commit to Auburn. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to now hearing, we, we've actually been covering this in the, the weekly scoop for probably the last few weeks, uh, just hearing a bunch of rumors, p- piecing together just um, information from a bunch of reliable sources about how he had a very um, high interest in at least talking to North Carolina. And he was uh, reciprocating, some sort of interest obviously doesn't want that out too much that hasn't spoken publicly about the about the topic and so um the the i guess a positive sign that this is that there's more than just smoke in this situation um is is him showing up on saturday for the game now 
you, you can, I guess you can spin it um, and say, well, it was, it, was a, it was a big game between North Carolina and Clemson, and that might have been the case. But I think it was more of he wanted to kind of see what, uh, what he's been witnessing on TV and what he's been hearing from some of his friends who have visited North Carolina. wanted to kind of see what was going on there. He, he actually didn't go through all the recruiting stuff. You know, um, typically the recruits show up at the, the football center. You know, they do a, a facility tour, eat, eat lunch or dinner, depending on the time of the game, um, spend some time with the coaches, meet with Mac Brown, watch warm-ups from the sidelines, and then go up in their seats. He actually went directly to his seat, but from um, the information that we have gathered afterwards, he actually uh, went to the, the, the football building and, and spent some time with the coaches, which is all very, very good signs. Um, still, he's still committed to Auburn, still hasn't done a whole lot on that front, but you know, things are, are moving in a, in a positive direction with this situation for sure. Yeah, and, and for those listening, you know, he is ranked the number 34 overall player in the 24-7 sports composite for the 2020 class, number three outside linebacker. But 24-7 sports has him as a number 13 player, which makes him a five-star and the number two outside linebacker in the country. He's 6'3", 224 out of Mallard Creek High School in Charlotte. So an elite linebacker that um, obviously would you know, probably get some playing time as a freshman and be a big-time player for UNC. Is Thigpen leaving, leading the recruitment for Trenton Simpson? Yes. Uh, well, he's definitely involved in it. And I think the interesting thing that that I, I left out was that um, in, in a twist of irony, Cameron Kelly, who uh, transferred from Auburn to North Carolina this offseason, has actually been helping out a lot, mostly because during one of, uh, not his not his official visit, but during one of his unofficial visits to Auburn, uh, Kelly was the host or at least spent a lot of time with uh, Trenton Simpson, and the two really kind of hit it off. And so he he has actually been in um, in uh, in Trenton's ear, and uh, really kind of helped kind of put a lot of these things together. And and obviously, you know, um, in addition to I guess recovering from his his whatever the injury is, and you would know better than me about that injury, but would be uh, would re- remain on top of um, on top of Trenton for North Carolina. For sure. And um, so it'll be interesting to follow the recruitment of Trenton Simpson up until signing day. Looks like there's going to be some drama um, and, and definitely some parts of interest. Moving to Muhammad Kaba, four-star linebacker out of Clinton, North Carolina, Clinton High School. He is 6'3", 210, so kind of similar in terms of height and weight with Simpson. And he is ranked, not as high ranked, number 231 nationally and the 11th inside linebacker. He is currently committed to the South Carolina Gamecocks. I know he's had interest with NC State. What's going on with Kaba and UNC? Well, not nearly as much as with uh, Simpson. You know, um, from from my understanding, it's just mostly just him. I guess being receptive of communication with North Carolina, um, not to the point where anybody feels like this could potentially um, turn into something like with Simpson. Um, not the point yet from my understanding of him um that he might be looking to visit north carolina i actually feel like if he were to leave south carolina nc state would probably be more of the 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 most likely destination but it's it's still a very positive sign whenever a, a kid of his caliber is uh is receptive to to any sort of contact yeah so it's kind of it's kind of it's not bad news that UNC is talking with him. It doesn't seem like they're leading, and he remains committed to South Carolina. And NC State maybe has the upper hand there if there was a decommitment in play. It's important to think about, you know, South Carolina is not having the best season. They lost to North Carolina 
They've had some losses in the SEC already. So certainly two recruitments watch with Trenton Simpson and Muhammad Kaba. They can see the success of linebackers in UNC's defense and seeing Chad Surratt and Jeremiah Gimmel make plays with, with Jay Bateman's defense, and that has to be attractive to them. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk about Johnny T-shirt, giantt-shirt.com. It's getting colder. You may need some sweatshirts, some hats. Head over to Giant T-shirt on Franklin Street and pick up all your UNC apparel, T-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, gear, anything you need right there on Franklin Street before a game or order online at giantt-shirt.com. Be sure to use the 10% discount code found on the Inside Carolina premium message code, uh, premium message board. Support the Inside Carolina podcast by supporting Giant T-shirt. We love that they sponsor us. All right, Don, jumping right back into it. Um, we're going to talk about this video board in Keyan Stadium, kind of trolling Clemson fans. You wanted to talk about this. So I'll let you kind of dive into it. Yeah, I, I guess in general, I feel like, and I think other, I think fans feel this way too, is that UNC could use some something to kind of spice up the, the game day atmosphere from the fan standpoint has been great this season and the students have also been great. So this is not a shot at that, but just some of the, I guess, um, outside stuff um, could, could use some improvements and they do something very, I think original. I don't know if anybody else who does this, if they do my, my mistake, but putting these um, I guess, putting the Clemson fans on the jumbotron and then having a little like just, kind of i guess trolling sort of shot at them basically calling them um bandwagon. you know bandwagon fans which i don't think is all that offensive um i think that if <laughs> if it was an nc state fan for the nc state game and you had some sort of redneck joke then i could see that being offensive although i don't i think it's still okay <laughs> yeah um so, I mean, is it really was it was that stuff really that offensive? I mean, I just feel like this is just normal, just trash talk, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if people didn't see it, they would put a camera, like a live camera, on a Clemson fan at the game, and they would shoot up some words below them. I'll read off a couple of them. I think one of them said they're UNC, like one, they're UNC basketball fans. Was one of them. The ones I have here in the picture was it's a picture of a Clemson fan that thinks that Clemson is in Georgia. Another mm-hmm. one said can't name Clemson's last head coach. Another one was also a Patriots fan, and another one was thinks the fridge is just a kitchen appliance. So there were like five or six of them, and I posted the article about it because UNC Athletic Director Bubba Cunningham ended up uh, apologizing to the Clemson president and to the Clemson Athletic Director and responded to all the emails from fans. It sounds like some Clemson fans did not like it and emailed him, which, man, if, you, if that's what you're complaining about, I mean, get a life. But yeah. that it kind of went viral. I had a uh, 111 responses with people calling Clemson fans soft and this whole PC culture. Uh, 39 retweets. So it was kind of a big story yesterday. A lot of people quote tweeting and whatnot. Um, it was kind of corny. I, I thought they could have gotten a little more creative with it. But I do like the idea of of having these segments in the, during games. Um, I didn't think it was like. Yeah, I didn't think it was too offensive. I thought it's kind of what you see a lot of in NBA games and NFL games, I imagine. But we know in the world we live in, you, you can't, you can't. People are too sensitive, Don. Well, that's what I think the problem is: is is that this is not necessarily a Clemson issue. It's more of like a a societal issue where we're just so sensitive about things. And really, this is just so harmless. Just calling people bandwagon fans, 
And, uh, you know, in, in reality, I don't think, I don't think Clemson fans are, are bandwagons. I think well, I'm sure there are some of them for sure, but um, you know, they've been pretty supportive of, of their football program, even during some of the rough times, but I mean, come on, this is, and then for, for Bubba to kind of cave on this and immediately kind of go to the, you know, I I'm sorry sort of thing is just, it's kind of frustrating for me. I just, I don't know. I just feel like this is an opportunity. North Carolina finally found something that was unique to do. That was fun. That the fans in the stands would love it. It would kind of, I think, would kind of help the the fans kind of get into the, the rivalries of these games and get into these games and kind of, you know, I don't know. I I just I just feel like uh, I wish that this was continue. It looks like it will not. Um, it's just unfortunate that that it's going to be stopped. I would love to see. <laughs> I'm sure Bubba, I know Bubba, and, and I, I like him. I think he's a good AD. I think he's done a lot of good things for the program, for the athletic program as well. And I wonder if he like, was just like reluctantly apologizing or if he was definitely upset with the – Well, you know him. What do you think? Do you think that he was reluctant about this or do you think that he was like, oh, man, this, is, this can't happen here in Canaan Stadium? I think you just kind of save face and, you know, inside you're like, man, what a joke. But you just kind of want to – come off as the positive university of people. And I don't know. I, I doubt, I, I think it was kind of a reluctant email or apology he had to send out, but I, I would be interested to see if whose decision that was, who, who made the final call, who wrote those lines and whose idea was it. And the process to think of that. Cause obviously some guy thought of that. Somebody thought of that. And then they put it together they said, all right, during the third quarter, whenever it happened, we're going to do this. Here's what we're going to say. Because there's a process to get these things ready, get the cameraman ready, get the words ready. And then whoever signed off of it, and then I wonder who is kind of getting the brunt of the disciplinary action. I don't think you guys going to lose a job off this, but it'd be funny to see, like, are they really going to get in trouble or is it just like a slap on the wrist? I don't – I would think – I would think no one's going to get in trouble. And I really hope no one got in trouble. I would, I would hope someone would be like, eh, we can't really do, we can't do this, you know, guys. Yeah. But really, I just feel like now it's like we have games against Duke and Virginia. I guess Mercer we can kind of ignore for the time being. But it would be kind of cool to see what – I would hope that they would improve with each week. And there's a lot of um, material being left out now um, that won't be used um, that would be great to um, – you know, to, to see, I, I definitely, if it was going to continue, I would have definitely been looking forward to it each, each home game to see what was being said. And it, it's just uh, kind of, yeah. kind of misses. It, it reduces it, the creativity of the people that, uh, you know, do in-game entertainment. And yes. sure the person that thought of that's like, dang, I had so many good ideas set up. So I hate that. You know, I, I think PC culture is just driving society now and everybody's so sensitive and you can't say anything. And, I mean, I, I have to be careful about what I say on Twitter and on other forms <laughs> of social media. I mean, you you would not believe the amount of tweets I type out and have to delete because I had to think about it. I'm like, all right, is this worth sending out? Because I know people are going to get offended. And I send out plenty of offensive stuff, too. And I have to think <laughs> about representing Inside Carolina. Yeah. And company and then representing my family. And I just know, like, ah, God, I could get so loose on Twitter. You have no idea about what I could say and do but i don't all right we're gonna take a quick break we're right back to talk about this ncaa law the likeness image and name profiting thing we'll be right back all right we are back to dive into a new topic a little political discussion here a little 
kind of um, broader scheme NCAA stuff with the Fair Play to Pay- Play Act was passed by California. Uh, it won't go into effect into, until January 1st, 2023. And this is only in California. But other states are exploring this bill, this law. Um, so, Don, you want to talk about this. Why don't you kind of intro it and we'll, we'll talk about it for a little bit here. And we'd love to kind of hear what people think on the message boards. I think it's a the good chance. You know, it's not – I don't think it's super – I don't think it's like a really divisive uh, topic, but I think it's interesting to see people's opinions on it and, and which direction we should go uh, in terms of the NCAA. Yeah, so um, I you mentioned that it's not divisive, and I or you mentioned that it's political, but I don't think it's divisive. Um, with a lot, I mean, everything else political, we can't even touch because it's way too divisive. But this is actually in both the the California House and Senate, it was unanimous. It was um, you know, there was no votes on both um, both places uh, against this bill. So this is definitely a, a bipartisan sort of situation. Um, I God, there's so many different ways we can go with this in so many different directions. I guess my thoughts, though, um, since this is a recruiting podcast, um, is to kind of focus, lean, I guess, we'll, we'll talk about other things, but lean a little bit more on the recruiting side of things. And you got to think that, and obviously there's so much that could change with this, because like you said, this doesn't go into effect until 2023. Um, and the NCAA obviously is going to respond and do something. But if we just kind of just, you freeze it for right now and say that California, uh, South Carolina, uh, New York, Florida, and then Pennsylvania are the only states because the only ones that have bills out there or, or about to be signed or whatever. If those states, if we just say those states have this in place and they're allowed to do it and they don't get kicked out of the NCAA, which the NCAA has kind of sort of threatened, um, it's got to put those schools at a huge advantage over everybody else because you obviously can really pay some of these kids. Um, right. I mean, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, another thing, like to, to kind of get into it a little more so people know what we're talking about. Players will be able to profit off of their name, likeness and image. So you can get paid for your jersey. Right. You can get paid a McDonald's or Nike could a big time player could get sponsored by a, a big time company or a local business could use you as a spokesman. You could get paid for that. You could be on a local billboard. You can do autograph sessions. It opens up in a lot of ways. That's where it, get dan- where it gets dangerous, I think. You can sell T-shirts. You can sell your own jerseys. But also other athletes, like not basketball and football, could hold camps, um, could hold, could work and teach lessons, teach swim lessons, teach tennis lessons. So there's a lot of ways that all athletes could make money. And I think some of the elite athletes could make millions of dollars off this. Um, anything else that you read? kind of? So we let people know what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I think you covered it really well. I think one thing that a lot of um, people have talked about this have kind of left out is the social media influencers, influencers, yeah. uh, which um, I didn't really know what this, this, I guess, idea was for, for until a couple months ago. But I guess people who have a lot of followers on Twitter get paid to, I guess, mention certain products and, and certain brands and all that sort of stuff. You know, imagine some of these high school kids who, I mean, some of them have like, God, tons of followers, especially the big time guys. I mean, they could get paid a good amount of money just for mentioning that they're wearing a certain type of Nike cleat or, you know, whatever it may be. And um, just so many different things. And I think where this gets a little dirty 
is that you can have a crazy booster. Basically, the bag men are will be out in the open and they'd be completely legalized. And so they no longer have to do some crazy, shady way of giving recruits and their parents money. They can just flat out say, hey, you come to this school. I already have it set up for you where you'll be the spokesman for this local car dealership and you'll get paid X amount of money. You know, I yeah. actually, I, I mean, I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. So that's why I think it gets, there's, there's ways that it gets really sketchy. Um, like, like, yeah, like you're recruiting a, a top defensive tackle and a booster's like, Hey, come to X school and you're going to be the sponsor for my car dealership and I'm going to pay you uh, 100k a year and you make five appearances on like in the spring and summer on a Saturday and you're going to make 100k a year for five I mean that kind of way you're employed you're using your name and likeness but you're getting a lot more money than you should and those deals can be made before the player commits or you know you could do a you know as they perform well start paying these guys so it opens it up to it just makes it kind of the wild west, I think, in this regard, because the universities are not paying the, the kids. This is not schools paying the kids. Yes, this is outside companies, um, outside uh, businesses that are using these kids to make to sponsor them to advertise to make money. It's the Olympic model essentially, because when you perform in the Olympics, you're not getting paid by the Olympic Association. You are basically funding a lot of things through sponsorships through um, you know, a lot of different deals and, and, and that sort of thing. That, that's what this is. So yeah, the schools won't pay the, now, now the one, the one, I guess, um, I guess exception I should bring up is actually in New York and their bill has not been passed ex- um, entirely, but they actually have an, in addition to the name, image, and likeness, they have that, um, that their athletes that right, they will receive and even distribution directly from the school's athletics revenue with every other student athlete on campus. So that's a little bit different than what all the other states are doing. Um, and that's, again, that hasn't been signed or whatever. So that does come from the schools. But in general, we're talking about, I guess, basically the the Olympic model. Although New York is definitely kind of throwing a little curveball in there. Yeah. And also, another thing I read here is that the new law will allow athletes to have agents. You'll have agents working these deals out. You know, getting local apparel companies, getting local restaurants, uh, and all these different companies to organize deals. So, yeah, it's it opens up kind of a whole bag of issues. No pun intended there with with bag men. Um, what is so let's get into opinions here. What do you think about this model? And do you like it? What would you do? Um, and let's explore kind of maybe some different ways to to perfect it. I think it really really affects the NCAA's control of things. And mm-hmm. man, they're going to have to be regulating everything. They're going to be looking to every finances of players and watching every deal. I mean, it's, it's going to be so hard to regulate it. Well, I don't think that they need to regulate it. I think that they just need to kind of just take their hands off of it altogether, which is going to lead to your, or I guess, take away situations like when AJ Green was suspended a couple ga- games for uh, signing jerseys or, yeah. um, you know, a lot of these other guys, you know, North Carolina situation would never have happened with, with well, I guess with the stuff outside of the academic stuff would never have been a big deal. Um, and, you know, Johnny Manziel, where he got a lot of trouble for signing a bunch of autographs. But I think really, I don't, you know, the, the true Olympic model, uh, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about what New York's trying to do. 
I don't think it's such a bad thing. And I think that at first, yeah, uh, a bunch of uh, boost crazy boosters are going to give it a bunch of money and all this sort of stuff. But eventually, I mean, you and I know because we've we've been following this for a while. And then also we, we went and did a, a recap or a review of the was it, 2012 class is that it's crazy how many guys are ranked really high and just never end up living up to their potential. And I yeah. think some of these boosters are going to realize, man, do I really want to give this money to this kid? Is this kid really going to be worth it? And I, I think the first couple of years, there's going to be just a lot of a lot of handouts, a lot of this and that. And after a while, they're going to realize, you know what? It's just it's really not worth the money because I don't know if this guy's going to pan out. And, and I could have him be a spokesperson and him never play, you yeah. know, or I could have him be an influencer and then all of his uh, Twitter followers drop because he never sees the field or he gets a, an injury as a freshman and all that. So you, you do have that aspect to it, too. What, what do you yeah, think? I think recruiting is where it gets real sketchy um, when you're kind of predicting a player and then big schools, a lot of money and a lot of big boosters are able to kind of determine which players go where go where based on money. I think that's where it's dangerous. I think once they're in school. And they're performing. I'm all for them making money off their jerseys, signing autographs, teaching lessons, um, sponsoring a local restaurant. Think about this. Joel Berry, I heard this on the radio, uh, so it's not really my idea. But any player like Joel Berry, he has not had a good NBA career. He plays in the G League. He's probably making not that much money. Um, Same thing with Marcus Page. Marcus Page is doing well in Europe. But those two players, basketball players, they were massive college stars. They Mm -hmm. They were likable. They were charismatic. They were starting point guard for multiple years, and they didn't profit off anything. And they were UNC was selling their jerseys. UNC was promoting the program based on Marcus Page and Joel Berry. They went to back-to-back Final Fours. Um, you know, they brought so much money to the university in terms of ticket sales and, you know, the Tar Heel Sports Radio Network, the highlights, you know, and even companies like Inside Carolina, we essentially make money off these athletes because of if they – have a sick highlight. I put it to an article and we get traffic off that. Things like that. So it wouldn't have been nice to it would have been nice to Joel Berry could sell his jersey and make, you know, a couple a couple of dollars there and, and hold an autograph thing in the summer and make some money there and maybe sponsor, get sponsored by a local business. I think that's where this is a good thing that allows really good athletes that work really hard um, to make money because who knows how much they'll make when they turn pro and they're really talented. They have a skill. And in America, if you work hard and you have a talent and a skill and you perfect it and you're really good at something, you should be able to make money off that. And um, that's where I stand. I do think that a scholarship is a very, very worthy payment for these players. They get, you know, they don't have to pay for much once they're in school in terms of lodging and uh, food and books and stuff. I think there's a lot of uh, stipends for that once you're in school. Um, and the scholarship is very, I mean, getting a degree from a school like Duke or UNC or any, I mean, any school is very valuable for your future, but it would be cool. And I think worthy for them to make money off their talents for the four years they're in school, if they are good enough to make money. And that's kind of how America is built as a, you know, capitalistic country. Yeah, I I agree. And that's why, so I'm not necessarily, I don't, I'm not for the schools actually paying them. I'm for the fact that essentially the, the Olympic model. If, if you, um, if someone wants to pay you, let them pay you. I think once you get into the schools paying, playing players, then it gets super, super messy. You have title nine issues. You have, do you really pay the walk on um, third string long snapper? 
as much as as the starting quarterback and and, and all of that. Um, but and, because you know, in reality, you have students in college who maybe they're a really good musician or artist or whatever it may be, or in the tech field, and they're able to take that ability. And they can make money on the side and no one says anything to them. It's completely legal. So, but um, I think I want to, I want to get your thoughts on what you think the NCAA ultimately is going to do in response to this. I mean, they made a bunch of threats, but they haven't actually done anything yet. What, what do you think? Yeah. So is the one thing they've done is, is they're going to like, they could rule California colleges ineligible. Is that the one thing they're kind of threatening? Yeah. They've threatened that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know too much. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits, it looks like. But if a bunch of states do it, you know, four, five, six, seven states, it's going to be hard for them to kind of regulate that. I mean, I think it makes – they're going to have to change some bylaws. And and this is how how it's – I think this is how college athletics is going to transition too. So, I think it's a good step. I think there's going to have to be a lot more discussion on how it's governed and regulated because I do think it does need some regulation. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's any much more I can add about NCAA. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the one thing I want to throw out there is that they did back in, I think, earlier this year, they put together a a committee that that is researching the the um, name, image, likeness situation and how to allow, or maybe uh, I don't probably have the words right, but basically look at the situation and and see how they could benefit the um, the student athletes with that. And they're actually supposed to come out with their first, um, I don't know if ruling is the word, but I guess their first report later on this month. Um, but that's not that's still they're still so far behind what California and other states are doing. Um, but ultimately, I think whatever the NCAA does and, and maybe they do try to go through the courts and try to stop a lot of this stuff. And there's plenty of time for that. But it's just delaying the inevitable. I think that this is ultimately the the world, the college football world or college basketball world we're going to be living in and. The NCAA just has to kind of accept it and kind of move on. Because in addition to what the states are doing, there's a lot of um, you know senators uh, and congressmen who also um, on the fred- federal level who um, have also kind of talked about this. And and so, I mean, this could be something that um, the federal government actually gets involved with and and makes a ruling. And it's just not going to matter what uh, the NCAA wants to do. Yeah, um, and again, I think. My concern, I think you're right with schools not paying. My concern is that recruits will go to a school based on the potential to make money. So the bigger schools, the rich will get richer, which kind of, I guess it already is. But schools with big boosters and a lot of alumni dollars and a lot of companies that are looking to make money off these guys, the opportunity, um, I think they will be able to land more recruits. Um, who knows? I mean, I guess you're going to go where you want to be seen and that's where you're going to make the most money. And so that might be, you'll go to a school that's going to be on national television or give you a chance to become a star and you could become a star at a smaller school. I mean, think about players at Gonzaga, um, Butler, um, I'm thinking about basketball here, but, but, you know, smaller schools have had stars that could probably make money as well. So it's an interesting topic. And I definitely think it's worthy of discussion on the message board. If you wanted to comment, when I post this article, when I post the article for this podcast um, later on today or, or Thursday, Don, is there anything else there? I think we covered a lot of good ideas. I think we are kind we of did. similar in our thoughts on this. And one thing I think it should be based on talent and ability. And like you said, I don't think 
the third string, you know, holder should be making money if, if he can't. I mean, maybe he can. Maybe he's really funny. Maybe he's really good at social media and he can. But it should be based on your talent, your ability, and your popularity. And, and it should be driven like a capitalistic country. Not everybody should be making the same. I mean, everybody wasn't born the same abilities. And, uh, and I'm sorry. That's the way it is, Don. Well, I, I agree with all that. And I think that if we get into the whole school's pay, I think that's where you're going to get into where we have to make it even. We have to worry about making sure the women's sports get taken care of and all of that. Um, but you know, speaking of um, specialists, I wasn't I believe that there was a kicker. I think I want to say it was at UCF or USF who um, who was, I guess, ruled ineligible because he was making money off of i think it was a youtube video where it was just his personality but because he was on the team and he kind of used the fact that he was on the team in his videos uh, the ncaa ruled him ineligible yeah which is like that i mean you should be able to try to make money in different ways that's what college and the college is about learning and and developing your yourself and you know you you go to college to make money in your future life and and if you have a good idea and you can market yourself you should be able to do it i mean absolutely I think there's a lot of people that start companies in college yep. that uh, start making money there. So that's how that's how. It yeah, is. a lot of a lot of the big companies, you know, um, you know, Facebook, for example. I mean, there's a lot of other examples yeah. of big companies that were created in college because a kid was allowed to do what he wanted with with the resources that he had and the and the knowledge and um, you know and just his natural skills. So why not why not college football, college basketball, you know, women's basketball players, all that. For sure. All right. That's going to be it for us. Um, let me touch on some good topics with um, the two linebackers, Trenton Simpson and Muhammad Kamba, an update on Keandre Lambert, and then some discussion on video board trolling and the NCAA new law that passed in California. Anything else UNC football recruiting ranking or recruiting wise, Don? We got obviously the Clemson game was huge. Georgia Tech this weekend, a bye week, and then, a th- and then I believe UNC is at Virginia Tech. So there's going to be three weeks off before UNC returns to Keene Stadium. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, we're still going to have a bunch of recruiting articles. We'll have a bunch of, um, I guess, feedback from the recruits who were, who were in Keene Stadium this past Saturday. Still this week, next week, um, you know, a couple guys were, were underclassmen were offered. We'll, we'll highlight those guys in the, in the weeks to come. Tons of information. So uh, just because North Carolina is on by or not playing Keenan Stadium doesn't mean that we're not going to have a bunch of recruiting coverage. And we will continue the top five on the next podcast. That one is the sports you like to watch and follow other than college football. We've already got a bunch of submissions. So make sure to email Don or, or direct message him on the message board. Um, with the sports you watch, unique sports that, that maybe we don't know about that you also like to watch uh, and follow outside of college football. That's going to be up for uh, that's going to be all for us here on the Don Callahan UNC football recruiting podcast. We appreciate you listening. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, brought to you by Johnny T-shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.